This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. There are a bunch of guys who ain't never played the game. It's pretty. It's so That's what you said, man. I'm supposed to be the franchise player, and we're in here talking about Super Hoopers. That's terrible. Hey, Perk, I don't, I don't want to take up too much of your time, but uh, it's a pleasure to talk to you. And um, I know you're a New York guy. Have you had a chance to watch the Knicks at all this year? And what do you think about um, them kind of, you know, starting to get things in order a little bit? Uh, yeah, I do. I mean, it's almost like uh... – I guess the coach makes a difference in, in, in almost every case. You know, you have to buy into the coach's uh, philosophy. And and Thebo with the young guys, I mean, it's like, you know, if you be, he's the kind, he's probably the right guy for that temperament of guys because the joke was out that he had seventeen forwards. So, I mean, <laughs> so, I mean that was the key and nobody knew what to do with them, but he, he implemented his, his, his theme, you know, his, his philosophy and the way he coaches. So I really believe that they're up and coming now. Will it last? I, I can't tell you because the guys are so young, but Julius Randall has got himself together. It takes about three or four years to get acclimated. And I, I don't know what year this is. I think it's about his fourth year. I think. And I really think he's coming along fine and found himself messed around and got into the All-Star game. So uh, kudos to him. But New York needs it. New York, I'm, I'm a New Yorker. Oh, yeah. But the Brooklyn, Brooklyn took off. So, But you want Madison Square Garden to be jumping again. So Exactly. After COVID, maybe, maybe things will start turning around. Yep. yep. And then one more, uh, do you think that Seattle will have a team again? Because I think that city really deserves it. Yeah, we, we go up there all the time, and that was one of the favorite spots to go to as far as uh, visiting a city. And uh, while living there, playing there, you know, I got very acclimated to that city. And there's a lot of, there's a lot of history there. And I heard some rumors that Ray Allen wants to buy the team. Uh, the NBA is looking at it again. So, I mean, there's, there's hope, and they got ground to do it. So we'll see. But definitely Seattle is one of the places that I think everybody would like to see another team, another another Sonics team up there. Uh, I hate to ask a question that's been asked probably a million times, but how do you think you would fare in today's league? I'd probably be out of breath. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, the game is so much faster now. I even I, I go to games. I mean, when I could, when I before COVID, I attended some games. But the games, the game style, 
it's just so different now. Um, yeah, a lot of guys said they they would fare well and things of that nature, and they probably would, and find some success. But to play every night at this temperament, um, it's a little different. I mean, back then, before your time, I guess there was a lot of parity on each team. So we had concepts. We had um, had to figure out who to stop, who to guard. So it was more a lot more of a of a play style half court. Yeah, uh, the only team that ran like like they do now is probably Denver. Has a they had the culture of running up and down. That's why the scores were like one thirty something to one one thirty something. So, I mean, that is probably closest to I can say to what it's like today but these guys play above the rim now and so shooting threes yeah everybody couldn't shoot threes and all those guys that say they fare well they wouldn't shoot threes as much as they think they would because everybody's shooting them so your opportunity of shooting them uh shooting 10 15 a night will not be this will not be accurate if i was playing yeah, I would shoot threes, but I wouldn't shoot as many as I thought I would uh, because of the fact that everybody does it. It's it's part of the game now. So before then, it, it was a strategy. So I don't know how I would fare or how these guys would fare, but if like a Michael Jordan played, I'm sure he can get 40 a night, 35, because no one plays defense. Who was the guy when you were growing up that you – not necessarily modeled your game after, but who who was like your your basketball hero, your basketball icon? Well, I was from New York, so it was the whole t- it was the whole mix. Yeah, those championship teams. Yeah, it was um, Earl Monroe, mm-hmm. uh, Willis, Dave the Busher, Dean Clyde. Clyde. There was a guy by the name of Dean Imager on that team. Yep. So. I was always looking – I mean, I watched the Knicks. That's all I watched. But there was another guy that I loved, uh, Elvin Hayes, Bobby Dandridge. These guys were like the – the like scorers. Like Bobby Dandridge to me was like a modern Kevin Durant today and uh, not a sharpshooter but could always score. Adrian Dantley was another one. But mostly um, – watching Dr. J and this other cat that looked just like him, Larry Keenan. I don't know if you know him, look him up. But these guys were like CBS every time, every NBA was on at night. And I got to watch, you know, stay up late to watch these games. So that's how I fell in love with the NBA. Um, So your rookie year in Dallas, um, you uh, started uh, half of your games, but I want to know who was that like veteran on the team who like kind of showed you what to do and how the NBA worked back in that. There was a guy by the name of you probably don't know him, uh, Michigan State guy, uh, Jay Vincent, and he pulled me in. He had a brother in the league by the name of Sam Vincent, and uh, he was a guard. But Jay was a uh, forward. Took me in a little bit, showed me the ropes. Then it became Derek Harper. And uh, so these are the guys that acclimated me. I mean, when you first go into the league, uh, I mean, it's all business. You got to be at 
rookies got to be at the gym a certain time more so than the um, veterans. You got to get taped. If you if you miss your time on being, if you had to tape your ankles or take care of an injury, you had to be there a certain time because if you're not there, the next guy is, and then the next guy and the next guy is there on time, you just get knocked down. And then you're in trouble because of the fact that you're not ready to practice when 9.45 comes. So with all that said, it was a business. And so you had to, you had to prep yourself, eat, just eat, eat all, eat, eat as much as you can, buy your food, things of that nature, you know, coming into the league. These days, you, you don't have to worry about that, even though you still have to be on time with all the uh, demands and challenges. But um, it was Jay Vincent who told me how to, how to pace myself because we had 82 games and you just couldn't, you just couldn't do the same thing all the time because of the fact that the, the travel and the commercial flights and private, private charter flights, it was all a, it was all part of the regimen of what of the makeup of what you do. I was just going to say, you play, you play for a lot of incredible coaches. Who Who's the coach that you clicked with the most? Maybe not, you know, the coach you respected, but who who kind of got your game? Um, well, he's probably, he, he went to Orlando, and uh, I liked them all. I mean, it was Dick Mata, George Carl, um, John McLeod, um, uh, who else? Mike Dunleavy. Larry Bird was one of the best coaches and Rick Carlisle. But one guy that really kind of moved my game a little bit, and you, he's probably not a big name, but he tried me a small forward, and uh, it worked, was a guy by the name of Richie Adubato. I don't know. Of course. Yeah, you know oh, Of course. Yeah. Right? Okay. I don't know how old you are, so I don't know. So I'm I'm uh, I'm 37. So you know, in my in my card collecting days, you know, I watched you know the 80s, 90s. Okay, that, that was my era. Okay, so well, uh, that that this guy by the name of Richie Adubato, he's I think he works for Orlando now, in some ways, radio. But he was the coach. And he tried me at small forward, and I loved playing small forward at the time because I was was built enough, built that small forward at the time until I became, you know, got bigger and stuff. But um, he really kind of honed in on a lot of things that I had to do, and it made my it made me look forward to every game that came. And playing small forward against guys that I've and so I didn't so it's knocked me out of the power forward playing center and things of that nature. So that's why I say he's one of the guys that changed the uh changed the game a little bit. But I enjoyed that that one year playing small forward and, and that's how the threes and things started kind of evolving a little bit. Yeah, what did you like about playing small forward as opposed to uh, the, the four or the five? Just banging less, shooting more? Well, you weren't in the post. Right. But but you was on the wing. And it's a different it's a different game on the wing because you can create, come off screens, curl, pop, you know, things of that nature and be ready to shoot. So I was really being looking forward to doing that opposed to just posting up, coming down, 
screening for the small forward. They were actually screening for me, which was a difference. It was a big difference. But um, the wing game is a little different. It's more or less like uh, – I'm not comparing myself to Durant, but it was like Durant, you know, creating for himself and things of that nature. That. We we don't want to keep you for too much longer because I'm sure you got stuff to get onto. But uh, one last one last question: uh, you you know you were you weren't there in the mid '90s, but you were a part a little bit of, uh, with the uh, Pacers and Knicks rivalry. What what was that like as as a New Yorker coming back to the Garden and being on on the enemy? Playing against them, it was almost like I I was I was just rushed into what they they felt uh, the rivalry and things so you kind of knew about it but playing against the Knicks I it was the same thing playing against uh Lakers and Portland or somebody just the same atmosphere the same visceral and attitude that we want to beat you this time so I kind of knew but playing against Patrick Ewing they beat us to go to the finals in the conference final, Larry Johnson, I remember to this day, he hit a four-point play. <laughs> you remember it? I'm a, I'm a diehard Knicks fan, so, you know, that was uh, – that's a, a pinnacle moment. Pinnacle moment. Okay, whatever. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> but I remember that play, and uh, the, the, the referee didn't want to call it, but he called it. <laughs> and I don't know yeah. if you, I don't know if he was there at the game or watching it, but he didn't want to call. I was not there, but yeah, watch. Yeah, okay. So it was probably better. And uh, that was that was one of the, one of the best series I played in um, playing um, in the, in my career. But that was a fantastic series. Yes, it was a great series because it was back and forth from. Indiana to uh, to New York, and that was like I said, it was my first time playing against in, in that atmosphere again with the Knicks, and knowing the uh, knowing the uh, consequences of losing. But they didn't move. Your, your Knicks didn't go on, and we felt like yeah, that was the that was the beginning of the uh, the Spurs dynasty. Yes, yes. So I thought like if they beat us, they they were going to win it. But again, they didn't. They didn't do it. But at the same time, we went. We came back and beat them the next time. And uh, they gave, I don't. They, yeah, I don't remember that. I don't remember that series. I know you well. don't. You don't remember that at all. <laughs> <laughs> but that's the te- that's the time we went to the finals with uh, Indiana. That was the game to go to the finals series against the Lakers. Against the against the. Uh, no, who who was it? Lakers? Yeah, Lakers, yeah. You're right. You're right. Lakers. Yeah. <clears throat> uh we really appreciate the time, Perk. I know I know Wayne just came up. I don't know if he has a quick one, but uh this has been such a pleasure, man. And um Hey, thanks for having really me. Good talking to you all. Um I know y'all a lot of young heads, but you know, y'all get to know the game and stuff. And uh, I'm glad I had a chance to to kind of give you some info and insight. Absolutely. Thank you. All right, my man. Be hey, good. Thank you again, Park, right, man. Yeah, thank All you. Right. Appreciate it. That's terrible.